0: 49ers newest tight end well one of the 49ers newest tight ends cameron latu third round selection scouting report strengths weaknesses how does he fit in with the 2023 san francisco 49ers as a rookie and beyond on today's episode of locked on 49ers you are locked on 49ers your daily san francisco 49ers podcast part of the locked on podcast
1: network your team every day
0: Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Getting down with the 101st pick in the NFL draft this year, late third rounder Cameron Latu, Alabama tight end. And Croc, we got into Latous tape a little bit pre-draft. We were looking at some players that had been mocked to the San Francisco 49ers around where they were going to be picking in the third round. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I don't want to put any words in your mouth, but I think we both liked, didn't love Cameron Latou's tape with the first pass pre-draft.
1: Liked, did not love. Now, how many prospects are you going to love that late in the third round? And, I mean, mean, that's kind of been our theme this year, you know, and that's why the 49ers draft grades were so bad because, you know, when you're drafting kind of late like that, they're not going to be the splashiest of picks. So and when I say draft grades, I mean, those things don't mean anything. But that's kind of you know how people view the 49ers draft and their picks. So Cameron Latou kind of fits in that that same kind of mold of a guy who you like, not love, but potentially can be a really good football player in the NFL.
0: The first thing that stands out to me with Cameron Latou is size-wise. He is at the Combine. Let me pull it up exactly. Six, four, and three-eighths at the combine 242 pounds 32 and three 8 inch arms um he didn't run at the combine he ended up running at his pro day he was a few pounds heavier actually more like 246 at his pro day ran 478 he had a 166 10 yard split 32 and a half inch vertical jump 10 foot broad jump 432 in the short shuttle and 731 three cone with 14 bench press reps um and and when I watch him play,
1: real quick. So where did I see four seven zero? Because I thought initially I saw four seven eight, and that was one of the things where I'm like, gosh. I mean, it's it kind of depends
0: play? where you look, and I guess you know one scout's watch could have four seven zero, another okay. uh, you know journalist could have been there that has a four seven eight. You know, uh, I'm going by Dane Brugler's beast here with the, the four seven eight time. So. um I don't know whose stopwatch that was, but in the four sevens range is everything I've seen from Cameron Latou. And the fact that he didn't run it his at his 40 at the combine tells me he probably knew he wasn't going to run fast, Was still trying to work on it and get that number down a little bit. We'll talk about his athleticism, but I want to talk about just his frame and his body because at just over six, four and 242 pounds at the combine, you, you look at 49ers seventh round tight end Braden Willis. They're very similar on paper, but Cameron Latou looks a lot bigger. Like they, they he looks so much bigger than uh, at um, on Alabama tape than Braden Willis did at Oklahoma on tape. And Braden Willis was uh six, three and a half, 241 pounds. So just a, a pound lighter at the combine and you know, half an inch, maybe you know, three-quarters of an inch shorter than Cameron Latou. But they look completely different to me. And I think Latous is a little bigger, more broad-shouldered. And, um, and and maybe that inch makes a difference in height, you know, less than an inch, but it makes a difference. He just looks a lot bigger. And, and I have a feeling what happened was Latu for the combine and for his pro day stuff was probably getting down a little bit in weight to prepare to try to run as fast as he could and Brayden Willis I think was probably playing in the 230s and was trying to get his weight up to prove he was a, an every down sort of a tight end and um and so that might be why the discrepancies maybe they were more like 10 or 15 pounds apart on the field but when they weighed in one guy gained 8 pounds one guy dropped 7 pounds or something like that.
1: Yeah, I feel like you can look a little bit bigger in those like Alabama all white uniforms like it almost it like it adds, adds 10, 10 pounds, pounds right? Yeah it's it's interesting watching those guys, especially kind of how I I remember thinking about Latou when he was drafted. I'm like, ah, you know, you kinda but I went back to my notes. And I'm like, the notes aren't bad. Then I went back and watched them again. I'm like, okay, I can see why I can see why they like him. So you want me to start off with my notes?
0: Yeah, yeah. Go with your notes and then we'll we'll compare it with with my notes.
1: All right, so here we go. Cameron Latou tied in Alabama and I was watching him against LSU, and then I went back and watched him against Tennessee. But he, these are – and I watched a couple other games. But here are my initial notes on him. <clears throat> Versatile in Alabama offense, uh, he lined up detached uh, and also hand in the dirt and offset as well. So they used him in all different aspects of just being a tight end. And when I say detached, that just means, uh, you know, flanked out in the slot. Sometimes they motion them out even wider and throw screens to him and things like that. Uh, or use him as a lead blocker in the screen game, but you saw a lot of that. Maybe not the strongest blocker, but definitely a more willing blocker, like a very willing blocker. And then when I went back on my rewatch and watched him, I think I maybe even – I could have undersold him as a blocker a little bit. I mean, I saw him out there pancaking guys. So uh, you go and watch the Tennessee game, I mean, putting guys on their back driving guys, being very aggressive to the next level. So uh that was really fun to kind of see. And be like, oh, okay, you know, this is something I didn't catch uh, on my first watch against LSU. Uh Nuanced route runner versus man. So versus man, I felt like he knew how to separate, um understood soft spots and zones. We talked about that with some of the other receivers. I think it was uh maybe Bill. Maybe we were talking about him kind of settling in, in kind of soft spots and zones. Mm-hmm. It felt like he had a good feel for that and was on the same page with his quarterback, uh, Bryce young Uh, attached to second level blocker. So he'd get through and get to uh, reach the like linebackers at the second level and be a really good blocker at that level Uh, pancake block at the second level. I noted that. And when he opens up, he can run. He has a nice stride, which is interesting. Again, these are my notes before any, you know, knowing about any combine or anything like that, but I said, hey, you know, when he opens up, it looks good. It looks like this guy can run. So didn't run extremely well, but this might be one of those things where, you know, a lot of people have been tagging me on certain things with GPS and things like that. But just as a runner, he's able to move a little faster. Kind of reminds me of maybe, maybe a Juwan Jennings, a guy who, you know, 472, but I thought he just kind of played fast in route. And, and and reach maybe his top speed right away, so it just looked like he was playing faster. And I think Latu, when he kind of opens up that stride, it kind of looks like that as well. He might not—he's not gonna run away from guys like young George Kittle against different Broncos or the right. LA Chargers, but you know he can open up and have nice little yards after catch.
0: Yeah, there, there's definitely a lack of explosion to his game, and uh, whether it's running routes or, or running after the catch. Uh, I didn't see him for his size, and, and you know, he always got pretty decent size, and and seems like a strong guy. But actually, only 14 bench press reps—a little bit surprising uh, at the combine for for how big he is. Former defensive lineman.
1: I think um, Bill did that same amount. I think right. At yeah,
0: Bale. yeah. Wide receivers doing the same amount of bench press reps as you. You got to get Bro. your weight up. some. My,
1: my my buddy Malik. Shout out to my guy Malik. He posted a video today of him, and he warmed up with 225 and hit 14 reps. So that's and that's grown so man
0: great. strength. That's dad strength, right now. Well,
1: I mean, he's you know, 215 pounds, you know, and just dad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, that's so Latou needs to go have a son is what needs or, or, or a daughter, right? needs yeah. to go have some kids, get that weight up, get that strength up. Um, it's it the, the thing that really jumped out with me with Latu the first time I watched him and then going back and watch him again after the 49ers draft him is smooth. And that was my favorite thing about him. He's just smooth in all of his movements that he does. And maybe that's why he might play a little quicker. I still don't think he's super explosive and he didn't wow me as a player. It's like, Oh, this guy's a future, like big time tight end in the NFL. Uh, we'll see what he becomes. But um, he's just really smooth and, and does have pretty pure hands. So I like that. I, I like that he will be able to make plays on the ball. He can move around the field with, with relative ease. He's not explosive. He's not uh, explosively going to go in the air. Uh, he's not explosive as a route runner, not explosive after the catch. But he does have some athleticism, and it's smooth athleticism. It's uh, By the way, so I've got the numbers on his inline versus detached. He was inline blocker 45% of his snaps last year and detached the other 55% of the
1: time. That's pretty good. I think that's a good split.
0: And 80% of his catches last year, uh the past two seasons, sorry, the the he became a starter in 2021. He's a fifth-year senior. Uh he started the last two years there, didn't have any stats in the first three years after um, transitioning to tight end from from defensive line. His freshman year. Um he 80% of his receptions from Bryce Young Resulted in a first down or a touchdown. So yeah. he wasn't thrown out that much, but when he did, he moved the chains or scored touchdowns. Nice. Um, who who and,
1: was I watching? And kept oh uh the, the kid from ECU.
0: Uh Winston.
1: I, I, I always feel like when I hear that number of first down or a touchdown, it's like, well, you know, yeah, you know, most guys average more than 10 yards per reception, so I can see that. But I watched Winstead and there were like a lot of five yard routes. To, you know, get tackled, six yard route, get tackled, five yard route, get tackled. Like they just weren't really going for first downs. So then, you know, I hear that and I'm like, okay, you know, that's kind of better than what a lot of what I saw from, you know, just Wednesday in the sense of first down or touchdown.
0: It's interesting that you brought up the Tennessee tape Croc, Cause I want to talk about that next because Adam Peters referenced the Tennessee tape as well. He was actually in the house in person and that might've had an impact on why Cameron Latou ended up a San Francisco 49er and some uh, some Skyrim Report notes from former 49ers GM Scott McClune, as well as relayed from Matt Barrows coming up next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by Built Bar. Oh, I love me some Built Bar. Got all kinds of flavors going on at built.com the peanut butter puff, the cookie dough chunk puff, of course, all of the classics as well. And if you're looking for that delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and calories, then you got to try Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Don't know how they do it. Uh, Unbelievable flavors, churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. Yet most Built Bars have only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And most built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. It really sets it off when you reach for a built Bar. You really feel like you got a snack, and it holds you over with that protein as well and helps you hit the macros you're looking for because, of course, you're looking for low-calorie and low-sugar and high-protein in your diet. And not only can you find all of the flavors and varieties at built.com, you can find them at your local Walmart and Sam's Club as well. Go to Walmart. Four bar boxes in the pharmacy section, cookies and cream bar, uh, double chocolate bar coconut puff at walmart or at sam's club you can find the big 13 bar boxes of hit flavors like brownie batter puff and churro puff and then of course you can thank us later and find everything you need at built.com okay croc you referenced that tennessee tape and there is some pancakes on on his film and it, it takes a while to see it you got to watch multiple games because i watched the games i like, got ah, I don't know about him as a blocker. You know, it was kind of just all right, whatever. Uh, and then there's some other plays where he does pancake guys. I think it was – was it the Tennessee t- game where he, he destroys somebody? It might have been a linebacker who's was trying to come off the edge in the goal line. Did you well, see I, that play?
1: I, I didn't see that, but, I mean, I just saw him. I felt like with him blocking guys, there were about four guys that ended up on the ground.
0: Yeah. So it was really hit or miss because at times I didn't see that in him. And then sometimes he was trying to bully guys. And so I didn't they, see him at
1: all as a power blocker in the couple other games I watched previously. Yeah. So.
0: so that's really interesting. And that Tennessee game, Adam Peters referenced because Adam Peters, uh, you know, when the 49ers are on the road, he likes to use those opportunities to go scout local colleges as well. And so Adam Peters was in the building in person when Alabama played against Tennessee on one this of those. Yeah, and that happened to be the season high, six catches, 90 yards, and a touchdown for Cameron Latou. I think he had some highlight blocks in that game as well. So that's interesting that you referenced that game because I think that one had an impact on Adam Peters. And clearly the 49ers were looking for a tight end in this class. And who knows what their rankings were, if they would have preferred a different tight end would fall to them. And if not, you know, then he was just the, the best one available. And they knew they wanted to try to grab a tight end right there in the third round. Um, the scouting report from Peters is quote, he's an advanced blocker for college football, especially in this day and age of college football. I will agree with that. Like you're not going to find many guys that are just amazing blockers who can also do something in the passing game. You either find guys who are extensions of the offensive line or they're just split out all day and never block anybody. So, uh, it it is a little bit harder to find guys like George Kittle in this day and age, just because of how spread out everything is in college football. Uh, Peters goes on to say he's really competitive, a good athlete, so when you have all those things together that usually makes for a good blocker moving forward. So it sounds like he's kind of sold but not really sold on the blocker thing. He's he's kind of projecting it as well. Um he said he's got the right mindset and I think he might that might be part of his defensive mindset. He's a really physical player. So there's some projection there with Latou. Uh, I don't know if the athletic projection is so that he's, you know, like oh, this guy's a future starter. You're going to have two starting tight ends with Kittle and Latou. We'll see what he ends up being. Uh, but he, you know, it was a long time ago. It was 2018 or whatever when he transferred or when he transitioned to tight end. So it's not like something he just did this last year, last two years even. So, well, I don't know how much more there is with Latu, but he is smooth. He's got some natural hands and he's got some size. And, uh, you know, depending on which game you watch, you know, he might be pancaking guys. So um, I do like that about Latu. And I think he will clearly have a path to being the second tight end as long as everything, you know, scheme wise is matching up with him. Uh, you know, he's just got more ability than the other 49ers tight ends on the roster who by the way they just uh, signed Troy Fumigalu again who didn't really make the team last year but he was uh, in camp and so it looks like Troy Fumigalu will be in uh in camp again with the San Francisco 49ers you no
1: know, I think as a as a route runner Latu can kind of really help himself at the top of route like just learning how to be a little bit more uh I get I don't want to say shifty, but he's
0: kind of one speed, right?
1: Yeah, it's just like uh uh and then you know, okay, I can make this catch. And I want to see him just give a you know, give somebody a little uh at the top, you know, and I say that because that you know, when I'm if I'm running the route, like that's what uh, uh you gotta get the, give you gotta even make that noise uh live.
0: And you want I wanna hear your route.
1: Yeah, so uh I would like to see him have a little bit more of that at the top of routes, and that's definitely something you can work on. You know, I would guess if he worked with uh, George Kittle in the offseason. George Kittle works on a lot of that with the, the
0: big grunter, too.
1: Holt is that Holt Jay Holt? Jay Holt, I think that's his name. That, that George Kittle uh trains with a lot, and um, he's kind of a receiver guy. And Kittle and a few other tight ends work with him faithfully. He might just be out there in the Tennessee area.
0: Uh, that's another note that uh, Latou has been at a, a tight end U before, so he's at he's already worked out with George Kittle before. That was one of the, one of the notes on, on yeah, the, but there's like 100.
1: Tight ends there. I'm talking about like,
0: oh, like C- George
1: Kittle C- C- and a couple other guys.
0: Like hanging out and have you seen Kittle's facility
1: at the his house? He built,
0: at his house? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that it's, looks nice. I mean, look, it, it's no um, frontline sports facility in uh, Monticello, Arkansas, but it's nice.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah. It, he, his it was actually it was a barn, and he turned his barn uh-huh. to full on gym. You know, my buddy Lavelle Hawkins just bought this like million dollar house in Stockton. And he has, like, sweet gym in his backyard. So I'm excited to kind of, when I go hang out with him, do that. But anyways, uh, working at on the top of his route, I really feel like that's where he can he can improve. Because he has a niche for everything else. And think of a guy like uh, Travis Kelsey. Now, again, oh, here I go again, comparing somebody to, like, the best. But I, I, I say Kelsey because hey. I know our followers know exactly what that looks like that's um,
0: nothing crock i want to get to McClune's comments in a second but okay um yeah
1: so real quick travis kelsey one of a big strength of his is just freeing him freeing himself up at the top of routes and i've seen george Kittle do it and there's a lot of other guys but i know all of our followers they might i could throw out a random tight end they might not know who that is but they know who the heck travis kelsey is so you can visualize it i'm not trying to compare the guys okay i'm not trying to compare them but you can visualize what that looks like and just working on freeing himself up at the top of routes, uh, taking a page out of Travis Kelsey's book, taking a page out of George Kittle's book. I, I think that could really help him.
0: Yeah, and George Kittle did come along a lot as a as a route runner too, giving the head nods and you know everything right. else at the top of his routes to make himself a better player. And so if the mindset is there, which is one of the things that Peter's talked about, that really makes you feel good about what Latou could become, even if it's just a high-end tight end too, and he never becomes like this, you know, big time player. Uh, you would hope for more potentially as a third round pick, but if he's a, a do-it-all tight end, every-down type of player that can flex out, that can do everything the 49ers need in their uh passing in running game, then you know, it, it, he's gonna be a really good player for the 49ers. I have a feeling he's gonna be he's gonna be nice for the 49ers for sure. Um by the way, Travis, so I went back uh last week, sometime after the draft, just to be like, you know what, Travis was Travis Kelsey like really not that good of an athlete? And so maybe we're I'm kind of, you know. Overrating what I'm expecting from a third round tight end athletically. Travis Kelsey was ridiculous. Like his, his, his testing numbers were great. Uh, his, he was bigger than I thought 6'5, 255, like 255, I think. Like, it was, really? I was surprised. I was like, whoa. He, yeah. His, his, uh, his combine numbers looked much better than I thought for a guy who, by the way, went in the third round.
1: Well, he had something going on. I think at some point I like, got kicked off the team. Cincinnati, yeah.
0: he had he had Zach Kelsey blood in him.
1: Yeah, there, there, there was him. some there was some stuff going on there that where he wasn't just the cleanest of prospects.
0: I don't think he blazed a 40, he was like four six or something like that. But uh, you know, it, it was it was pretty impressive athletic testing numbers, more more so than I would remember.
1: Four sixes, um, I mean, now it's faster because, wide wide because there's people they like, oh, they guy ran four five, like, hey, he ran four five nine. I mean, that's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> close, lot close to the four It's still 4.5, baby.
0: <laughs> Croc, a fellow four five guy.
1: I am, I am, and we'll just say four five.
0: Man, if you could have got that four four nine though, then you could always say forever you were a four four guy.
1: So I ran the four. I ran in the four fours one time, but I kind of cheated. Like in Modesto Junior College, when they timed us on our forties, you actually ran against somebody. So racing, Uh-oh. racing someone, you know, you kind of just. You talk about that game speed right that football speed it just that extra gear that you feel like you need to kick in i was able to do that so i ran in the four fours there but i mean i'm not and you four left four early guy. too i'm not a four four because
0: you're a cheating you're a cheating db
1: <laughs> I'm <probably. laughs> <laughs> uh
0: so but scott you ain't, McLuhan, ain't
1: trying that's what a, a wise man once told me oh
0: uh, of course
1: He was Um, talking about our our grades in the classroom. So he was like, Hey, I need to cheat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great advice dude. just come back with a C. That's all I want. (laughs) You got to, uh, so Scott McClune, you were, you were talking about Travis Kelsey just now. Scott McClune dropped the name, Tony Gonzalez. And it was like, wait a second, Scotty, are you sure what you're saying here? And it wasn't like he is Tony Gonzalez, but he just used him as that comp, the high level comp, I think just to paint a better picture. Um, he said he's that's been. Standing- all, that's
1: all you throw a name out there like that. It's like when if he says Tony Gonzalez, you know what that looks like. I, right. I gotta keep circling back because you know I get killed for that type of stuff. In
0: the context, you'll understand what Scott McClune is saying. He's not comparing him to Tony Gonzalez as a player, he's just saying what he thought of him athletically and, and gave an example of what that looks like when you see that. Um, so basically, he said he saw him a few years ago, has been looking at him for a long time, had a second round grade, Scott McClune did on Cameron Latou. And he said, uh, as a blocker, he competes. It's just not there yet. But what I'm saying, when it's all said and done, he has a chance to be an every down tight end, which means he can block and work as a receiver. I think he can get there in time. I think he will intrigue the S out of you in training camp, in rookie mini camp, OTAs in training camp, because you're going to see some of the athleticism. It's pretty freaking cool. So uh, I don't know if I saw the athleticism that McClune's talking about, and he's talking about him as a work in progress as a blocker, which kind of matches up what we were talking about a minute ago. He must
1: have been watch the Tennessee film.
0: But, like, I don't know about how you're projecting that second-round grade on that. So he sees more athleticism, I think, on tape than, than what I saw when I was watching Cameron Latou. And it's the basketball athleticism, and that's where the Tony Gonzalez thing comes in. Here's the other quote from Scott McClune, who loved – he was, this was the 40, his favorite pick of the San Francisco 49ers in this draft. He said, quote, I guarantee you he's a phenomenal basketball player. I guarantee it. You can just tell. It was like watching Tony Gonzalez run routes. You could tell he was a basketball player. So that's all he's saying about Tony Gonzalez. He's not comparing him to Tony Gonzalez. He's just saying when you see a, a football player play, and I say that all the time, actually, Croc, which is funny that he says that. I always bring that up. Be like, oh, this guy looks like he's got basketball athleticism, basketball feet, you know, um, And uh, which is basically, that's what I said actually about Davis Allen. He was one of my favorite tight ends in this class in that fifth round range, uh, and, and I saw the same thing in him. Is you know not fast, he doesn't run a super great time, but he's, he's got some smoothness about his game, and so I can see what he's saying with Cameron Latou. And I don't know if he is a good basketball player or not, but I, I see what he's saying there about being a smooth ass athlete. He says he went on to say, You could see how smooth he was, you could see his flexibility and his movements in and out of breaks. There's was no wasted steps, that's what Latou has. Uh, Latou's not there yet, but he has a chance to get there. That's going to end up being a hell of a pick. So, some projection there from, from Scotty McClune. But um, he liked them a lot.
1: Yeah. Okay. Second round. Where did the mayor kid go?
0: Second round. High second round. The the Raiders, I believe, even traded up within the first five picks of the second round. Okay,
1: first five picks. I was gonna say, you know, when you say second round, and obviously there's kind of a you know almost like a forty yard dash, right? Four or five. What part of four or five? So he says second round. Are we talking about late? You know, uh, late second round, kind of early round three, because. I wouldn't say that him and Michael Mayer are in the same, they're not in the same ballpark, in in my opinion, as a prospect.
0: Or, and actually, the guy who ended up being the second tight end was one of our favorites we watched that we were hoping would be there in the third round for the 49ers, the the Iowa tight end. Right. Laporta, Sam Laporta. He ended up being the second tight end drafted this year. He went, uh, it went Laporta, then Mayer right away in the second round, I believe.
1: Right. And there were, I mean, I said, like there's going to be a run on tight ends in the second round. Like, they're not. A lot of the guys. Now, I didn't expect Mallory to last as long as he did. So that's kind
0: of. The way and I, I do. The it,
1: this is just a little bit more athletic upside and watching how that translates to the NFL, depending on how you plan on using these guys. But, you know, I wonder is Latou going to struggle if he's, it truly is a 4 7 8. And we're talking about his pro day, right? 4 7 8 at his pro day or combine?
0: A pro day didn't run at the combine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, he's like, are you slower, slower than Jordan Davis? You know, defensive tackle. <laughs>
0: That's true. You and like, and really
1: at the combine. Well, I mean, was it like four seven eight or four eight flat or something like that? Who's that? Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle was, from Jordan. Uh,
0: he was four seven eight, I think. Yeah, same time. Yeah, was, I mean, he, was so. he was Is he like, beating you in the
1: foot race? <laughs>
0: he went top twelve for a reason. it <laughs> would be funny to see the combine of those two guys running together.
1: right you know it's like hey this guy's supposed to be a tight end but um you know so will he have an inability to separate from the NFL because the one thing right watching our guy Darrell Luter when he was guarding tight ends you could just tell I don't have to move because you can't threaten me vertically right so he would sit off at five six seven yards or whatever and just squat and that's difficult if somebody threatens you so he's not doing that to Evan Ingram, you know, when he's coming out, he's not doing that probably even to George Kittle because George Kittle's is going to throw you out and run by you. Right. But it's like, you know what, some of these tight ends, I don't have to be in a rush to get out. And if he's doing that to guys in college at the NFL level, there's, you know, everybody is good. Right. In, in, in a sense. So, and that's one thing I, I noticed when I got to the league, cause I'm thinking like, man, everybody would be great. Like there's not a whole lot of separation between guys. So, you know is latou going to be able to just separate from these guys if he can't threaten them at all with speed because you are a 478 guy hand time
0: i want to move on to a, a couple of the other interesting notes from this McClune article Croc, as it pertains to uh, 49ers draft picks and and i always like to hear you know scout's takes on things and and i think maclune's a good evaluator he had some other uh, issues in his career of being a, an nfl gm but he's still employed by multiple teams as a consultant so then after the draft he can kind of share his notes around with uh with guys like matt barrows of the athletic and so uh, i love reading these types of articles and so uh, i want to talk about a few players we've already talked about and we'll, we'll bring up scott McLoon and and adam peters scouting reports on some other prospects as we you know dive into those prospects a little bit deeper here but we've already done the ronnie bell scouting report and uh McLoon kind of saw it the the same way you did crock where uh and and i think some uh 49ers fans out there and and some of our listeners were a little bit bummed by your scout report with for a couple of guys and uh ronnie bell was one of them and uh mcclune kind of basically said i I love him as a college player but not as an nfl prospect and so um i i think here's the I'll, i'll just give you the full quote on Uh, Ronnie Bell, who, by the way, he compared to former 49ers draft pick that he took in 2010, Kyle Williams.
1: It was weird, though, because I watched Kyle Williams in college. and Maybe they were closer than what I remember, but I just remember Kyle Williams being like a more dynamic player. Now, that's me not watching film the way I do now, so maybe I just saw the best version of Kyle Williams in college where with Bell, it's like, no, I'm sitting here and I'm watching every snap. You know, so it says a little unfair, but I remember Kyle Williams at Arizona State. and I was like, I mean, he was nice.
0: Well, it's funny because he, he compares him to Kyle Williams, I guess, from a draft grade, because then when he goes back, he kind of talks about how they're not that similar anyway, because he says <laughs> Kyle Williams was a much better athlete, much quicker, much faster. OK, so- this guy plays bigger, which is important in the NFL for lack of speed. Uh, you have to play big. So, um, yeah, I don't know. He says it's speed really is the thing he didn't like about Ronnie Bell. Uh, and by the way, if you don't remember, Ronnie, Ronnie Bell ran a four five four at one hundred and ninety one pounds.
1: But it, okay, you can say the speed, right? But there are guys in the NFL that excel at you know that ran a four five four, and a lot There's of guys. a most ton of Hall of
0: Famers that run four. In fact, if I if I was building a perfect wide receiver, the best ones are running either high four fours or low four fives. So right. between four four five and four five four, like that's the sweet spot for most of the best wide receivers in the NFL history, really. For, so so for his reason.
1: bigger issue is he doesn't utilize the threat of his speed at whatever that is and that's why when you have guys just not in a panic or in a worry when they're guarding you from off coverage it you're whatever you're doing isn't it's it's not working <laughs> you know so now you can learn you can learn how to do that and if he learns how to do that then then awesome but that's the guys oh gosh it's so hard to not throw out certain names that they'll get a picture, so I'm not even going to do that. But even like a Kendrick Bourne, all right, there we go. Kendrick Bourne, <laughs> Kendrick was kind of he was twitched up and he just knew how to figure out, like, I'm gonna get myself open on this play. Kendrick Bourne did a terrific job of that, and then he was so good at the catch point, like consistently, and he was able to high point balls. I mean, one of the first times we watched Kendrick Bourne was preseason game against kansas city chiefs and you know he jumps o- over somebody for a two-point conversion like it just snatches the ball out the air right like kendrick could do that and he ended up really being probably the 49ers best goal line receiver or red zone receiver during his time with the niners even better than george kittle yeah <laughs> he's, time.
0: he's just good in small areas and and could could just pluck the ball out of the air and it could get open in, in quick spaces
1: yeah but even outside of that like the reason why he was able to you know beat Jalen Ramsey on the slant. It's because, hey, I can be, play quick and fast in this short to intermediate range and get open and catch the ball. And with Ronnie Bell and, you know, you got McLuhan saying, oh, speed, speed's an issue. And it's just like, he doesn't know how to play at a high controlled speed to be able to utilize the threat of whatever it is that he has. And that's the bigger issue. 4-5-4 four, four isn't slow. Oh, it's not at slow all. You not don't a, know how to threat. It's not a
0: problematic speed to be an NFL receiver. Right. Uh, McClune did go on to say, was it worth a shot that late in the draft? Hell yeah. So he was okay with him being a seventh-round pick, but is not excited about his NFL prospects. All
1: and same. maybe what, uh, the third to last pick. And I mean, so essentially we're talking about kind of – The
0: very end of the draft. And these guys are going to have a tough time. And, and to be honest with you, uh, undrafted free agents make a bigger impact in the NFL as a whole than seventh-rounders. One, one, because there's a lot more of them. So, you know, you, you can't expect too much from seventh rounders. And that's why you bring in a bunch of undrafted free agents and, and they got a battle. And, and we've seen it now as the, as the Niners roster gets better and better. You're a sixth, seventh round pick that you're not guaranteed a spot at all. The 49ers. There's
1: another reason to cut too. one of
0: their sixth round picks last year.
1: Do you know what the other reason is? Why, why undrafted guys probably are more impactful than seventh round picks? No, why? Because you get to pick where you go.
0: Uh, go. Yeah.
1: When you get drafted, it's just like, okay, I'm just drafted to this team and it was cool. I got my name set on TV and that's awesome. But when you're undrafted, you got, you know, five, six, seven teams that call, you can go to whatever the best situation for you is going to be. More so than the team just, ah, oh, we'll take a flyer on this guy. Just see. It's like, no, nah, man, like, let me go somewhere where I have a legit opportunity. Like I'm going to give myself the best chance. And that's why I think undrafted guys that are, priority signings have more of a chance to, to do something than maybe a seventh round pick.
0: Exactly. Which is why it was so, it was such an easier path for someone like Kendrick Bourne to be an undrafted free agent in 20, it was it 2018
1: with the San Francisco
0: 49ers than it is to be a seventh round pick now for
1: the 49ers. Right. Correct. Because Kendrick Bourne, you know, if the 49ers were stacked like they are now, he's like, uh, ah, I ain't going to San Francisco. I'm going to go. Over here, you know, somewhere that, like, has a legit opportunity for me to be a, you know, sixth receiver Mm -hmm. or, you know, legit opportunity for practice squad. Because, choose, I mean, listen, I I got my guy, right? He came out here, trained with me. He signed with the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, his dad's like, man, like, we we just need to get him on that practice squad. You know, like, you just want any type of, like, like opportunity. It's not even all about making the 53 man. So, uh, you just want any type of opportunity to stick. And that goes, that decision goes into, you know, where you sign as well, if you're undrafted.
0: I didn't know that your guy got signed by the Ravens.
1: Yeah. Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. We, he yeah. came out here man. stayed at my house for a week. I had a guest bedroom and uh, you know, made sure he was good. We worked out uh, three times a day to prepare. We had weights, we had field work and uh, speed training. And you know, he, he did awesome, man. He did awesome. And he was really happy about it because it better prepare him for, Uh, rookie minicamp which he was just at rookie minicamp stood out he was really excited about how he felt how he looked in comparison to some of the other guys uh, that they had out there and uh, one of the guys was Corey mayfield he's an undrafted rookie cornerback out of utsa and Corey mayfield junior his dad was my coach my rookie year in the arena league and Corey was a little kid running around the locker room so that was kind of a cool little tie there
0: that's got to make you feel old crap
1: it did. I started. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: that wasn't that long ago, dude.
1: Yeah, kind of was over ten years now. My rookie Damn. in the Arena league.
0: Damn. All right. Well, Coach Crockey, send there, send your kids to Coach Crockey, Monticello, Arkansas. Frontline Sports, and uh, just like Crock, just like his protégés, get yourself on an NFL roster, have a chance to uh, to compete for a spot. I have a the- chance.
1: It's all you can ask for.
0: All right. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. Croc and I continue to break down rookies, break down everything that's happening news-wise with your San Francisco 49ers every sticking day. Shout out to all the everydayers right here, Locked On 49ers.